Hi and welcome to my podcast Pregnant in Japan, your podcast about pregnancy, birth and the joy of a relaxed motherhood in Japan. My name is Vicky, I'm a German mom living in Tokyo. I'm sharing my positive birth experience to inspire you with yours. Hello, today we have Caroline from Caroline and Alice, I should say, or Alice. <laughs> Caroline is from Belgium and she lives in Tokyo with her husband since 2020. And shortly after she came to Japan, she became pregnant and she started her story off in in uh, Aiko Hospital, right? Yes, <laughs> Caroline, hello, <is> welcome. So. <laughs> Hello, Victoria. <laughs> Glad to be on the show. <laughs> yeah, well, thank <laughs> you. Um, this is a podcast episode, so unfortunately all the listeners can't see what I see, but I see um, um, Caroline's beautiful uh, blue-eyed daughter <laughs> right now. So she's going to be with us, and that's um, yeah. quite okay. Uh, yeah. Caroline, I have to tell the listeners, uh, our, our, let's say our story, because we have yes. been in touch for almost a year, I think. I think and, so. And it is quite funny because we always send like some messages. When are we going to do the yeah. interview and so on and so on. Yeah. And then like suddenly a few days ago, I got this message from you. Oh, Victoria, I need to talk to you now. <laughs> it's, it's going crazy uh, now here with um, all the restrictions. I need to talk to you. <laughs> so today I'm going to skip my unconventional questions and <laughs> we're going to start right away. Uh, Caroline, please tell us a little bit more what was going on in your head. So, yes, what was going on, we were in discussion like since few months, like saying, oh, we're going to have an interview. I'm going to share this amazing experience I had in, uh, in Japan about like uh, delivering a baby in a natural way. And I was postponing the interview because my questions were not ready. My answers were not like correct in a very nice English and so on. I was just postponing it. And uh, lately I was seeing all these crazy messages about uh, Aiku, who, um, who is like making restriction about the mom cannot touch uh, his babe, her baby after being born or the dad cannot be there during the delivery. And uh, I said it's like a very urgent moment now to uh, tell the story and to tell to other moms who maybe were in the situation I was that to say that Aiku is not the only option in Tokyo. So I arrived in 2020. Uh, I wasn't pregnant, but I, I became pregnant very quickly. And As I was pregnant, time was counted and I needed to go to a hospital to find where I was going to deliver a baby. And in Belgium, I mean, the, net, the usual way to deliver a baby is at the hospital. So I have been advised to go to only one place, which was Aiku Hospital, like the hospital for the expat. So, I mean, no question asked. It's normal. It's a very nice, fancy hospital and... Uh, Most of all, the doctor is speaking English and the nurses sometimes are speaking English, which is nice, right? I mean, you don't only see a picture, but you can also um, understand what, uh, what they are saying. And uh, 
and then what? So every every meeting was like very expensive, like 16, 20,000 yen. But I didn't, it didn't matter because my insurance was reimbursing. Wait, 16, uh, sorry, I have to interrupt. 60 or 6,000? 16. 16,000. Six, yeah, 16, mm. yeah, 16, but every meeting was around that price, 16, mm. 20, because there was an echo, because there was, I don't know, a blood test, or I never really checked what they were doing, but it was like re, uh, put on the side. And I'm saying that because it's one of the reasons I changed. So I was doing all these tests, and then... Uh, Pregnancy was going very well, no issue. I was, I think, on the month six, something like that, six or se six or seven months, and uh, I was uh, preparing my birth plan. And basically, I really wanted my husband to be there to to be with me when I was giving birth. I mean, for the reason that I wanted to have a support, someone who I knew. And I also wanted to have the freedom to do whatever I wanted to do. Meaning like positions or... Positions. Mm. I mean, I didn't really know. Um, I was very clueless. I didn't read much about giving birth. I was busy doing other things and discovering Japan. And uh, I was taking it very easy on my pregnancy. Uh, but uh, I knew that the moment, when it was going to be the moment, I would know what to do. And so my main fear was I really don't want to be on my back because I knew it would be painful. So be you just... Side, yeah. I just knew that you I didn't... You just knew, yeah. Yeah. But instinctively. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And um, uh, we hired a doula, Stephanie. So also like a very uh, renowned uh, doula in Tokyo. And... Uh, I was explaining her about like uh, this, so that they didn't want to. Uh, I wanted to be free in my position. Uh, that we were having like that the price for delivering at Aiku was extremely expensive, and that we were reaching the limit of our insurance. And uh, and she actually said that, oh, but if you want to make it uh, the delivery like natural, you can go somewhere else. Because also at Aiku, my husband was not allowed. So it was like three factors that I wanted to have and that were not there. Okay, he was not allowed because of COVID already, right? Yes, yes. he was not allowed because of COVID. Mm. Or he was allowed for like for two hours. I mean, it was a bit foggy. Like he could come two hours before the baby was getting out, which was I mean, you never know, right? It, you don't know when, he, when it's coming out. So it was also a weird way to put it. Anyway, and after he could not see her. So um, we decided to change. And uh, we went, we were lucky that uh, uh, Sosan, so he's the, who is the midwife from uh, the, the birth house, accepted us in last minutes. And we changed our very medical cold consultation to this birth house where she was checking my belly, of course, but she was also checking my ankle and making me foot massage and uh, 
and telling me to stop eating bread and drink coffee and that I should only eat rice and uh, and what and drink a lot of water and walk at least 10 kilometers per day. That were the advice yeah. that Paris from um, Asosania. <laughs> Um, so she told you to go for a walk 10 kilometers. For me, she said uh, one hour and a half in the morning, one hour and a half in the evening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, no, no cheese. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No cheese. I know no your sugar. friend. No cheese. No cheese. <laughs> oh, what do you eat for breakfast? Well, bread and uh, chocolate. Ooh, no, 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 no. That's not okay. So anyway. And, uh, Did you follow and her advice? <laughs> Uh, not really, not really. I mean, I was like uh, trying to reduce my coffee. I mean, I was not uh, like a super drink a coffee addict. I was like drinking coffee time to time, and I but I was eating bread. That's for sure. I mean, I was making my own bread, and I was eating bread all the time because that's it. I was eating what I felt the need I I have, and. Uh, Anyway, I lost my, 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 my ideas, but basically we changed because of these three main conditions, which were uh, I want my husband to be with me, I want, my, I want to do whatever I want. And in the hospital, I was told that I would be asked at one moment to lay down on my back. And for the price, which was without any peridural be without any c-section without anything it would be 1.2 million to deliver yeah anything additional <clears throat> uh, like forceps also yeah um un something unforeseen that would be additional cost right on top of that yeah and so i was like the 1.2 million i mean it was also like when i told that my in to my insurance it was not covered so it was like a problem that I didn't even foresee because I never thought that it would be so expensive to deliver a child naturally. And uh, anyway, so so you were in which month were you or which week? Do you remember more or less when you transferred? Sixth month. So it was like you know, I delivered on the 29th of December and we changed in October. I don't okay, know exactly so what week. Yeah, yeah. Re okay, it was really the, yeah. the end. I had like uh, yeah. five more checkups, I think. Mm. And, uh, and um, did they question anything about that at Daiko, changing last minute? Um, I told them that I, it was important for me, for my husband to be there. And uh, my uh, gynecologist, so... Uh, Oh, what's her name? Not Dr. So Sen. Uh, yeah, Dr. Sen wasn't so happy about it, I think. even She didn't say anything, but she was not so happy and she didn't make any recommendation letter. So, for example, the midwife at Matsugaoka, the birth center, she was surprised that she didn't receive a recommendation letter because I was... Or, or, I mean, referral no, letter? Referral letter. letter, yeah. Because I was changing and that she needed to know what test I did and so on. And uh, so you know, I think Dr. Sen was a bit disappointed, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, so you changed, let's say, last minute. Um, and how from there on uh, you, you were with Susan, uh, probably yeah. every meeting or meeting checkup. 
you did yeah. with her and uh, yeah. then you got the foot massage and the ankle checked yeah. and moxibition yeah. and I um so uh, she told you <laughs> things you can't eat and gave you also kind of a lot of restriction but you you stayed <laughs> yeah I stayed because she was really also a very I mean she was always giving it as an advice I mean if you're, you're not doing she's not forcing and she was also having birth classes uh, to she gave a birth class where the husband was also welcome to see how the birth was going to happen and during that class so she was acting and there were like two other midwives that were acting with her to 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 show visually how was going how the birth was going to happen mm. so to picture how it is it's like it's a tatami room There is nothing. I mean, there is nothing except this chair with a hole in the middle where you can actually deliver if you feel more comfortable. And there is just a little futon on the, in the middle of the room. And uh, one of the midwife was uh, playing the, 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 the mom who is delivering. One was, uh, show, was uh, playing the father, the dad, the future dad-to-be. And one was playing the midwife. And so they were explaining how everything was going to happen, like really to, to visualize. And the message was always, you do whatever you want. If you feel that you want to go on this chair, I mean, go on this chair. If you want to go walk, you walk. If you are like in very much pain, I mean, we can try to help you to relax. If you want to be in the bath, The bath was not allowed because of the COVID situation. So now I guess it's still not allowed, but there is also the possibility to give birth in the bath at that birth house. Like a water birth. Yeah, water birth. And so it was, uh, she was just explaining what everything was going to happen. And then she also had a little uh, PowerPoint presentation to, with picture of actually like birth giving. And in another class, I think we had two or three class. Uh, it was also with the husband and she was asking questions on how we were preparing ourselves to be there. But she was also asking questions to the dad directly, saying, okay, what are you doing now in the house to help? And it was kind of funny because the focus is always on the mom. Right. But she had like this open mind to say, no, it's not only the mom, the dad is also going to be there. And uh, she also has this principle uh, this principle to say um, you have to rest for one month after giving birth and you cannot do anything you have to lay down and you don't do anything and she was very very strict with the dad saying you have to do the dishes during that month <laughs> which wow. was kind of funny. <laughs> it was really like direct it's it's really funny it's <laughs> It's so funny because now I get to know things uh, because I also delivered at Matsugaoka, mm. right? But mm. I transferred even later than you, I think seventh month or something. Oh. And I didn't get this uh, sketch. Uh, oh. But maybe also because COVID just was new and maybe they had more restrictions mm. um, and tried to keep, uh, keep the, uh, yeah. minimize oh. the contact. 
but uh, yeah, it's great to do what we all hear and how she strict, uh, how strict she was uh, on your husband. <laughs> and so, yeah, and she was really. I mean, we were like three couple, and she was really trying to like, okay, you, what are you doing? I mean, and they were kind of surprised. I can tell you that every husband was like, oh my god, it's my turn next. It's my turn next. <laughs> it was really funny. It was really funny. Anyway, so like, oh, and, comedian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And then, what can I say else? Uh, that was like all about the preparation before giving birth. Right. Um, so she was also like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was also, sorry, I interrupted you. Um, she was also like uh, saying all the bad part that could happen. So she was like very, even though it's like all natural, there is no doctor at the birth house to help. Uh, they were very strict in the way, I mean, they were very, yeah, they were following a procedure and saying, okay, in case something is happening wrong, you have to know that we are in contact with these, I don't remember how many hospital and that you will be transferred immediately. So we're not going to take any danger or any risk. We advise every woman to give birth naturally because it's easier for the body recovery and, uh, for the body recovery and for you also because you don't have any painkiller and so your body knows what to do and which position to take. And they were also very much advising to, to actually uh, take a squat position to deliver because they were saying oh, it's going to help your baby to go down. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were like giving all this type uh, of advice, but always saying, I mean, this is like very, very secure. And I'm saying that because, for example, my husband was not confident to not go to the hospital. For him, it was a, a nonsense. Yeah. But uh, the basically the birth house was an in-middle situation between the hospital that he wanted to have as a best choice and for me, it was like too important for him to be there. And so I was okay to deliver at home if that was, I mean, if if that was the only way for him to attend. Mm. But again, I mean, so, so San, I think, uh, uh, takes a lot of uh, importance for the husband to be there during the birth house, uh, during the birth, sorry, because he's actually there to support not only during the delivery, but also after, also before. And so she's really taking it as a whole family. And for the visit, uh, she was saying, okay, I mean, I have, we have like a restricted time for that to visit after the baby is born, but it is still very important. And so you, he's allowed to come between, I don't remember, between 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. or something like that to say it is important for you to bound and uh, to... to to keep track, to keep uh, mm. contact. So I was very happy to change and uh, yeah. because it was more the way I was thinking of, yeah. I can do whatever I want. The feet massage were really funny. <laughs> <laughs> funny and very relaxing, I guess. Funny and very relaxing. And uh, it's also another way of uh, seeing because so if you go at the hospital, it's very cold the way they approach you. 
they just put like a little machine to give the image on the computer. That's very good. But to be honest, I mean, before Alice was a big baby in my belly, I couldn't recognize where was her head and where was her butt and where were her feet. <laughs> and uh, and that the birth house, they didn't have any image, you know, because they were like just checking the belly, seeing if it was like... Um, by touching the belly, they could say where was the heart and where was the head. And they were taking the heartbeat to see if it was like normal. And then uh, I had like one check about the, the hospital they were working with to have like an echo. An echo. But uh, otherwise, that's how they were doing. They were checking my belly with their hand. And then they were saying, oh, okay, the head is here. The butt is here. You can feel it. And... Um, I can see that your ankle are very flexible, so you're going to have a very, very easy birth. I mean, that was kind of a, a witch who was telling me how the pregnancy was going to happen. They were checking the moon calendar to know when I was going to give birth. Yeah. And uh, and in the end, it all happened. So I was laughing a lot, but it all happened. Yeah, so, that's funny. It was exactly the same for me. Uh, you know, also with the moon calendar, they also told me, and I was also kind of like, yeah, Sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's sure, sure. <laughs> and then like just afterwards I um realized how much knowledge uh this woman has and uh, well this woman Susan has yeah, yeah, yeah. how experienced they are and that's when I even got more trust into the holistic um mm approach of, of giving birth you know because mm. it's uh, not just um like a, like a witch or hocus pocus yeah. or something you know yeah yeah, yeah. it's I like agree. real old uh, like old like uh, experience no i really i can only agree so she was like a i can only agree i uh, i followed what she was saying and uh, everything happened the way she she said Mm. yeah wow what a story <laughs> yeah. and then when you uh, gave birth um how how was this process for you was it as she said easy uh, well easy smooth or yes um, yeah yes it was very very smooth um it was very smooth as she said it was going to be quick how and long? It, has been very quick it was four or five hours wow it's even and, shorter uh, than mine <laughs> yeah it was uh, it was quite uh, wow. the birth went very well so what happened i mean i had uh, i love i broke my water broke in the evening at like 10 i didn't have any contraction i sent an, a message to say hey i think my water broke not sure yet. I mean, let's say there's a lot of liquid. And uh, and then I went to sleep. And at uh, 12 or 1, I started having contractions. So we waited a bit because they told us to wait, that it was not going to happen immediately anyway. And uh, But it was uh, very, very uh, frequent. So we went down, we took a taxi. Of course, it was not one of the registered taxi because I didn't yet finish that. I only did. Yeah. <laughs> so we were just lucky that there was a taxi downstairs and uh, that took us. 
I had like huge contraction in the in the taxi because it's quite far. So we had like 40 minutes drive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we arrived, I was like almost giving birth. So I arrived. Uh, so San, before leaving, we called Sosan to say, okay, we're leaving, we're coming to the to the birth house. And they said, okay, 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 I will come tomorrow morning. But when I arrived, the midwife who was there checking was like, ah, oh, but no, baby's coming. Hey, Sosan, I mean, you need to come now. <laughs> and uh, it went very quickly. I focused on uh, an advice that uh, Stephanie... Uh, our doula told me to keep the face very relaxed. And then because the face was relaxed, then the whole, uh, I mean, uh, the whole pelvic floor would be relaxed as well. And I was really only focusing on that because the pain was enormous to any mom who gave birth. I mean, it's, it's big pain. And doing that, I believe, helped me to deliver very quickly. And uh, I could do whatever I wanted. I had a bit the feeling of uh, being in trance because I was not listening to anyone. I was just doing whatever was crossing my mind to ease the pain. So I was taking all kinds of positions that were easing the pain for me, which were like weird positions. I mean, I was like throwing my head in the back or then, I mean, uh, putting myself, uh, like rolling myself uh, from, uh, from in the interior or I was going on the side, I was walking. I was really, really active in what I was doing, but not consciously. I was, re- uh, yeah, I couldn't have said what was around me when I was giving birth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in the end... Um, so I was very relaxed, always keeping focus on my my face to be relaxed, relaxed as soon as I as soon as the pain was for uh, uh, like uh, that I could deal with the pain. And Alice is born while I was standing or half standing, half in a squat position, and she is born. And I caught her in my arms because it was difficult for the midwife to catch her from how I was positioned so my husband was in front because I wanted him to be in front of me to to hold on him and she's born in so sad you need to catch her Mm. and so I was like what yeah the next construction she's going to get out I was like what? Because I was like already like, oh my god, this is so painful. Eight hours of this is not possible, <laughs> and uh, and her head was already out. So basically, I I mean I just pushed naturally, and she was out. And I had this heavy baby in my arms, and I was like, oh my god, oh and my god, she was wow, yeah, yeah amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love what you say about being in trance because. I actually just prepared like a podcast episode about how uh, um, how women can deal with the restriction and without being uh, without being with their partner. Mm-hmm. And so I try to explain if you talk to a lot of women who gave birth, they don't even uh, 
like realize what's happening in their external world and they are just so focused on themselves so um yeah i think it's good to or i also like to the comparison with mammals you know with uh, cats mm -hmm. elephants they all mm. concentrate on themselves and they don't need actually mm. somebody else i mean of course it's like tragic what's happening now that there are restrictions at the hospitals that your hus mm. husband can or your birth partner can be there mm. but just to encourage that we and of course at the end we are doing it um, on Ooh. our own but um, yeah looking back at our own um, delivery um, I also noticed that I would not even notice if my uh, husband uh, would, would go out of the room it's just like me my body and the baby that's it you know And I don't know uh, what actually happened around me. So it's just to encourage other women. Um, it's it's uh, possible. <laughs> uh, there is a really, really cool book about a woman in South America uh, who are giving birth by themselves in the forest. Uh, the Continuum... I think it's called The Continuum, the book. I will check for the title. But it's about women who are giving birth and educa educating their child super freely and that they are much more autonomous. And yeah, and I think also without this um, epidural and with a freedom to move where you want uh, your body and... Is um, more relaxed and actually what I read on my because other I did it a little bit the other way around than you because you were relaxed you didn't you you said you I will do the right thing when the time comes and for me it was the other way around I prepared so much you know so but it's funny how we kind of experienced the same birth at the end and yeah when I. Um, I read that the epidural also slows down the process and mm -hmm. it, um, yeah, it prevents your natural instincts and yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's uh, one of the reasons that I didn't want the epidural of saying, mm -hmm. oh, I need to be able to control myself and I don't want the pain to last longer than it's already. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. And um, I I didn't know before having um, a baby or being pregnant, I didn't know about all these um, natural possibilities, let's say, and that I ended up at the Mautzagauka. It was um, a little bit by <clears throat> coincidence, right? Because of COVID also. Yeah. And at the end, I was so happy about my choice. But yeah. yeah. No, it's really the same for me. I mean, I would have never known about this natural way of birth giving if I was not in Japan now and if it was not COVID also. Mm. Because if it was only the cost point of view, I think we would have stayed in the hospital because, you know, I mean, we, we would have taken it and it's like, oh, but it's our baby, we want the best. And in Belgium, that's how it is. So it has to be that way. Mm. But without the... yeah. And in the end, it's like so, so much better because so you're saying about the position that uh, you read that uh, it's, uh, I mean, you were talking about the, the position, but really, I mean, being on the back as it is, 
in any film, in any series. I mean, I would have never think of saying, oh, I'm giving birth by standing, you know, or by uh, hanging. It's, uh, it's like, I don't know, like, I, never. And another thing that I also liked very much about Matsugaoka, but there it's depending on the uh, woman or to another, but they, uh, they, after delivering your baby, you're staying in the same room where you delivered for a few hours. And that's also mm -hmm. something that I found like quite important because they don't move you to, they don't move you. They just let you be, they relax, they massage your belly to make sure that everything is going out. They're super calm. They, they put blanket on you. Um, and after you go in this tiny, tiny room, I think it's like two meters out of three, like tiny room where there is just one single bed and you don't have this uh, mom bed and baby bed like it is in the hospital. Mm. Yeah. And I really, really enjoyed sleeping, co-sleeping with my baby. That is something that is forbidden in the hospital because it's dangerous and that you might roll on your baby and that's also like kind of a, a nonsense from my experience of saying but I would have never rolled on my baby like not a single second I was super awake and super aware of what I, where she was in my sleep and and she was so relaxed next to me I I really It was like, oh, my baby is out of my belly, but still so close to me. Right. That's also yeah, something totally. I enjoyed so much. Yeah, yeah and um, that's what also what I heard from quite a few women. Also, also women who sleep, let's say, a little bit wild and they are all over in the bed uh, usually, that once the baby is there and... Uh, next to you you instinctively know mm -hmm. uh, kind of act like um, cautious right you don't roll on your baby and uh, for me it was surprising too because I usually have a deep sleep and um, I move a lot in the bed mm -hmm. and it changed so much just by having uh, the baby next to me that's wow it's amazing huh? what nature does <laughs> no it really it really is really is And uh, no, if I can highlight something else that I liked so much about Matsugaoka and giving birth in Japan, it's uh, the food that they provided after that I had like this amazing little set of uh, food that I was receiving uh, three times a day yeah. and that I didn't have to cook anything and that they were like really asking for you to stay at least one week longer if you want that you have like this possibility of uh, resting as a mom. Yeah, maybe Alice, because it's a bit tiring to take care of you. 
Yeah. I also, um, I, I don't know if you saw it on YouTube, I did some uh, videos about whoever is interested okay. about um, the tatami room you dis uh, described or also the food you just described. Um, mm. So you can have an image. And maybe one last question uh, I wanted to ask, Caroline. So first uh, you said you were in a hospital that was just a place to go. And also for your husband, um, there was not just... It seemed like not an option to go to a birth center because of the medical side of you. Um, how did you deal with this? Or um, was that any concern then? Uh, it was like a concern a bit on my husband's side of saying, oh, we don't go to the hospital. And I didn't do anything much on that side to um, to to convince him to change from the hospital to the birth house. I mean, for me, it was like not an option anymore to go to the hospital. And what helped him was that the birth house was really secured in the sense they were saying, no, if there is anything, you have to know that we are in contact with the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I think that that made him relax mm -hmm. about going to the birth house. Mm -hmm. But she was, I mean, he hates blood. He hates, I mean when he was like seeing this PowerPoint presentation with birth giving, he was like, Oh my God, I mean, this is a, this is next level. But after having the experience, he was super enthusiastic. I mean, he, we have friends who gave birth in the hospital at approximately the same time. And he really doesn't like the experience they had. And he's like so amazed. And if we would have to do it again, he would do it again, like immediately. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's also if something arises like a complication, like there's also like it doesn't happen from minute to minute, you know. It um, mm. it's like the circumstances and midwives, the midwives are so experienced. They mm -hmm. they kind of see if there's something coming, and they don't yeah. take the risk. In my case, for example, when I arrived, my water were dirty from what the, the midwife said. And uh, so they told, I know that after, because as I said, I didn't realize what was really happening around me. But they told my husband, okay, the water are not clear. And so if the baby is not coming quickly, we will have to go to the hospital because it yeah. means that now the baby is suffering. Yeah. So even they know, yeah, it's like... Yeah. Mm. And so for him, for example, it was like stressful. At that time. Ah, But yeah. I mean, okay, uh, everything happened so fast after Alice mm -hmm. is born, 3.30, 4 a.m. in the morning. I mean, it's not, uh, it didn't, it didn't matter anymore. And uh, maybe could you also, Caroline, for, for women who still, I, because I know it's a quite personal choice and um, you always hear stories. So I completely also understand if, women want to stay at a hospital where they are at and they already know everything and um, um, security and all that. And if they stay there with, uh, so the husband can come for labor, what would you recommend them to say anything you can say <laughs> if they have to manage labor alone? At the hospital? Mm. Um, it's gonna be, I mean, it's really going to be okay. It's like, 
it's not so much like the place where you deliver, but more about the mindset you have. So it's really self-control and it's going to be on you and you can only be proud of yourself and your husband is going to be there at one point. So if he's not there at the moment, I mean, it could have happened in any other case where he was on a business trip or he was at work or he was in the traffic jam. I don't know. It can always happen. And, uh, but not to be afraid that uh, they're just... They just need to focus on themselves and on these little riddles that they have next to their eyes that when they deliver, I mean, this has been such a good advice to really, really make sure that they don't have any wrinkles, uh, riddles, how do we say, wrinkles? Wrinkles? Wrinkles next to the eyes when they deliver. Mm -hmm. Like just to focus on that. They only need to focus on that. That's a great and, advice. Uh, <laughs> it's, I mean... Only think about that. So any mom who is going to deliver in the hospital or at home or in the birth house, anywhere, make sure that you're not keeping any wrinkle next to your eyes when you're delivering. And it's going to make your pelvic floor uh, more relaxed and it's going to be easier to give birth and for your baby to get out. Mm. And uh, do whatever you feel necessary to relieve your pain by being relaxed. That's the key. Mm. But anywhere it's going to be okay. In the hospital or in, yeah, anywhere. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think uh, mindset is yeah. great, great key. Mindset and, well, I still think preparation, right? But even about the preparation, it's, uh, I mean, preparation, it's like nice to have preparation, but in the end, you don't know what's going to happen on the, the day D. And to be honest, I didn't remember like how many times I had to breathe after how many times. And uh, it was like, okay, just, I was only focusing on, 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 my, on my face, It's like stupid to say, but I was really only focusing on that, on the on the skin of my face to make myself relax. And I was having my eyes closed and like trying to relax my body. And I was I I know that I was having like some convulsion, like to to release the stress sometimes. But my whole focus was on me, 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 me. Yeah, it's so good yeah. to hear. And I was holding to my husband because I had the chance him for him to be there. But, I mean, it could have been a chair, at least. <laughs> he wouldn't have been in pain when I was, like, squeezing his shoulders, for example. Yeah. <laughs> Carolina, well, It's, thank uh, you so much for sharing all that. Yeah, and thank you so much for like making all these podcasts. I think yeah. uh, I hope that uh, many many moms can yes. enjoy them and learn many things. Yeah, learn many things. Yeah, we are quite in a special situation here as foreigners in Japan. First time moms, most of the time. Then COVID. I mean, what can? What is there else? What will happen to us? 
<laughs> no, no, no. That you're not alone. I mean, you're never alone. I have like, um, there are like moms everywhere. I always found that my neighborhood, there were no expats. And in the end, I, I because of uh, Stefani, uh, my doula, I found out that there is another mom who delivered like a few months before me. And this amazing mom like brought me soup when I was like in my first month with my baby, like this total stranger. And she was bringing me food. I was like, wow, but this is like so nice. Yeah, they're uh, always nice people. And the networking is so great, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are really, I mean, the fact that we are in Japan makes, I have the feeling that the moms are like much more... Uh, connected to each other yeah. like saying we know that you're alone yeah. and it's true yeah. you're alone I mean for many many things you cannot uh, I'm always with my kids because I don't have anyone close to take care of her for I don't know for me to take a shower or to except my husband of course but I mean it's like one or the other mm-hmm. so it's not always that uh, that easy to to handle but it's also an amazing moment because when I think about it, I'm happy that we had COVID and that I was only me and myself with my baby. That sometimes you can be like overwhelmed with so many people around you visiting you. It's tiring that here I was just like cuddling my baby and that we yeah. have anyway eight hours difference with uh, Europe. So it was, I, I don't yeah. know, I was not like always with people talking to me. Yeah, you have to see the good side, huh? Yeah, but there <laughs> are some good sides. There are, I think, yeah. Yeah. And there like you say, uh, I also think there's a stronger support among uh, moms. I also had uh, quite a few uh, moms who cheered me up. And my fr- I was um, very down in the first month after our mm. daughter was born. And, mm. you know, even they didn't know me. They were there mm. and... Uh, uh, encourage me to come to meetings or yeah. like just seeing each other that was yeah it's it's great and of course it would be a whole different story and when we are in our home country right no it is it is yeah it's very it's very special experience we all share here it's, uh... oh I can only repeat that I I loved so much my my experience in Japan, having all these natural births, being alone with my kid, having to rethink in last minute. So it was not even like thinking. It was like just okay. I have something, one choice if I want my uh, my wish to be respected, and I'm just going for it. And I mean, just go for it. Just go. Just for go it. for it. <laughs> That's Just so awesome. Just go for it. It's uh, Just go for it. You can do it if you're like being negative. It's only getting everything harder. It's there is everything is going to have an end and so just you need to go pass through if it's a bad moment then go through it like faster and it's only good things that are going to happen after right so, so it's really a mindset mindset and it's easy to say but uh, i had also like bad moments and being alone whatever connection i could have made in japan you're still in your home with your baby sleeping 
the whole day and uh, you cannot go out because you have no one to watch over her and what are you going to say to your stranger that uh how about like you come to my home but honestly if you don't ask nothing is going to happen so it's also something like don't be afraid to ask and if it's a no it's a no one yeah and take action right yeah yeah Only people who try can fail. Yes. Only people who fail tried, should I say. You need to make a cut in this video because sometimes I'm saying things too quickly. That's what I mean. Caroline, thanks so much. (laughs) That was awesome. I really think we need to make some cut in the video. So sometimes I'm repeating 20 times the same thing, but it's. <laughs> okay, anyway. thank you, Caroline. Thank you so much oh, for uh, what you're doing. It's really nice. <laughs>